Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. In season or off-season, you and your car make a great team. Take care of it with Chevron with Techron for unbeatable cleaning and mileage. It's a winning play. Chevron, together ahead. And guys, it's been... Fun over the last, I actually saw a tweet that it had been 63 days since the Dolphins' last defeat, and that was a fun 63 days. Kind of got the football juices going back for us again, and I would say seven consecutive best shows here on the postgame show, Seth. I don't know if you agree or disagree. Sure, I'll agree. And we're a bunch of spoiled-ass fans. They won seven in a row, and everybody's <laughs> acting here like they were uh, a number one seed. But my favorite part about the winning streak, I think, is that we didn't get the, the weekly questions, and we even had it invade the lunch bunch, you know, our Twitter feeds, whatever the case was. Uh, they were asking us to ask for people's heads, and we just never were going to do that, and we're still not going to do that. But I do think in order to, to do the job the right way, we have to be able to ask critical questions. And in this game, I thought there was some really curious things that unfolded, and it started for me, Juice, and I, we talked about this during the game. It kind of was a nice conversation. Not a fiery debate, more of a conversation, but the decision when they were down 10, I believe it was, to, to hand the ball off on third and 10, to set themselves up for a 39-yard field goal. They gained six yards, so it was a 45-yard field goal, which you just gave your your kicker a big contract extension. He's mm-hmm. supposed to be one of the best kickers in the game, the All-Pro last year in the National Football League. Does he really need six more yards? Why can't we try for a first down there? Yeah, he definitely doesn't seem like he should need that much. You know what I mean? Coach talked about a lot, field condition and things like that. Both teams played on it, but, you know, I, I think no matter what, we play so conservative all the time. And we're we're a team that's down. You can't play as conservative. You got to take some more shots. And Seth said it. We did take some shots down the field today. We missed them. We made one. We missed the, the rest of them pretty much. You know, I was shocked at how the way the game started. You know, the pass to Devontae, you know, for 20. And, you know, I thought we were going to throw the ball around the yard a lot. But then it got back to our old game plan. Short, dink and dunk, and then the field started shrinking on them. They're playing cover four straight across, not worrying about anybody going by them, you know. So I don't think so, Travis. I think we got third and ten. We got to we got to try to find a way to convert that first down, you know, and keep the drive alive. We got a kicker that's getting paid a lot of money, like you talked about, and he's been he's been spot on for the most part. You know, he bang one off the crossbar today. But at the same time, though, man, that that amount of you know. That amount of yards that we gained on that, it was not a difference maker. I, you know? I, I Shocker here. I disagree with you guys on this one. 
I, to me, <laughs> it was absolutely critical that they came away with points at that point in the game. They were it was down ten nothing. Couldn't hold came, on. They the would have came away with points with the, if they didn't gain any yards. Right There's there. no guarantee. He has to, has he been automatic this year? Man, and, well, we talked about the the money he's, he's paid. A, the, the money he's paid. Juice, he's there. I told what does you. What does that have to do with how I he's said, played this I year? I said fifty some yards. Well, it doesn't matter. What do you mean? What do you mean? They they gave him a shot at fifty three. Well, they had to take that shot at 53 at that point. They, you know, but here, look. Duke Johnson ran the ball well today. That's part A. B, you're down two scores now, and you can barely take a snap. You can't throw the ball without it bouncing off your hand. You know, they needed to get points. as a one-score game at that point in a, in a game with inclement weather, tough conditions, playoff, quote-unquote, football. They're only down by seven there. Who cares? They're only down by seven at that point. I have no problem with that decision. I got problems with other things that happened today. Now, That's not one of them. Does the decision – does it factor into the decision the way the quarterback was playing or the way you projected him to play in that situation? Because, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't fathom shorting the kick by six yards in that range. I can understand going from 55 to 49. I can't understand – 45 to 39 juice and you know I, I guess my question to you Seth because we, we come in two to one on this one does does that then kind of excuse the performance to a tongue of Iloa had today because the conditions were bad so we couldn't put it in his hands because of that no I don't think it's about excusing anything or not I think you know every situation is a unique situation and at that point you're down two scores your quarterback is not playing well. Your defense is actually playing really well and has had their back against the wall. You need to come away with points. You need to reward your defense for the way that they've played. You need to give your young, struggling quarterback an opportunity to feel like he's had some kind of success on the drive. And if they throw uh, you know, an errant pass or, or another poor snap or you take a step, anything negative that can happen – I don't think it was about picking up six yards. The reality is if he got stuffed for one yard, you're still in that same situation as you were with an incomplete pass. But I think they wanted the lowest risk play as possible so they could come away with points. Well, and right, I'm okay right. with that. They need to take off the kids' gloves in, Big Seth. He's not, not a rookie. Play. He's not a rookie anymore, Big Seth. I call Seth. him a rookie, yeah. He's not a young. You called him young. He's not. He's young, he but he's, young. Well, he's two years in the league now, man. Okay. It's time to step it up. He the wasn't playing well, though. The average, yo, the average lifespan in the league is just over a little short of three years. Uh, he's so going to play already, more than three. Well, he's going, he that. has to, I'm saying. But, I mean, he's not young anymore in this game. He's young in age, but he's not young in this game, man. And so you got to start taking these kids' gloves off and letting him let him let it rip sometimes. And all these little dink dunks that we talked about, I get. But I'm not saying all day, though. I'm just saying in that situation, situation, I have no problem with that. They needed to come away with points. I talked about this during, our, during this seven-game losing streak. There were so many opportunities. And I know Travis likes to be aggressive and go for it on every fourth down and play the you know pull out the charts and all that analytics stuff. In that moment, just come away with points. Do not miss a scoring opportunity. And guess what? It's the only damn points they scored all day, so I'm glad they at least got those. <laughs> Well, if, I mean, so to to continue the discussion about the <laughs> analytics side of this, I don't think the difference in a drop between thirty nine to forty five yards is is a, a big enough. That's drop not what to, I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying, Travis, is that the risk reward of having a, your struggling quarterback drop back and make another mistake at that point. Ah, so you worried about him making mistakes? Yes, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. The reason I wanted to peel that back is because that's that's a bigger issue. Yeah, it's a huge, much bigger issue. Huge issue right there. Absolutely, it is. Look what was <laughs> happening. So it means every time he drops back, you got to worry about not him making every mistake. time. <laughs> I mean, 
That's not what it means, and that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in that moment, you have to make a decision, right? You got to call a play. And if he called a passing play and we didn't like the passing play, we say we don't like that play. And is that Tua's fault or is that one of the offensive coordinators' fault? I don't know. All I'm saying is Duke Johnson was running physical. He was running downhill. He was gaining chunks of yardage every time he touched the ball, and it was the safest play to ensure that you came away with points on that drive. And I'm okay with that. And that was their first drive of the second quarter. Duke Johnson goes for 14, then for 11. Then Tua had a first down pass. Or, or, uh, they set themselves up for a third and one. And then we had another fumble exchange between Tua and the center, I believe it was. And then the fourth and two conversion. And then pass, pass, run on third and 10 to set the field goal up. So I thought that, you know, you mentioned Duke getting it going. He averaged seven yards per rush in this game, albeit just seven carries, but 49 yards for Duke. He got it cranking in again, but juice. And then if they, they know, got so much trust in Duke, why is he only getting seven totes? We, both teams had a fair amount of plays. It was a tight game. For, uh, early in the game, we could have could have done that for the first half, right? They were down by 14 when you went into the half. But you can still run the football in the first half down two I, touchdowns. I'd have no problems if they had given Duke more carries that game. And it's, I certainly didn't it, have a problem on that play. I think the greater question I'm asking about is why is there this kind of disconnect between what you want to be offensively? Because you do that and then you go away from it. You get this 45-yard ball from Tua to, to Waddle and it looks like that's the kind of throw that can get your quarterback going, right? We talked about early in this game. Why, why does Waddle always, ha- or why does rather not, why does Tua always have to kind of get warmed up in games? Juice asked me yes. that question. I said, yeah, it seems like he's a slow starter. I expect him to get going. He really didn't, but that 45-yard pass might be one of those situations where it gets going, and then it's double reverse flea flicker, and then the following drive is a Mike Gesicki so pass. So I'm with you there. So I don't know what that what, was. What did we? Tr- what are we trying to do offensively? Is my question. <laughs> Great question. Yo, you're asking. We need to talk to those those co-OCs on that one, man, because I'm going to tell you what. Because I, I like mean, the trying, plan recently. They're Sorry, trying geez. to make anything anything work. They're throwing a lot of things against the wall and see what sticks. But obviously they don't think it can be done by just letting Tua sit back there and let it rip. I mean, that's 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 obvious right there. And then back to, you know, some of the, the run game stuff. I mean, they we, we got so behind the sticks again, running on first down. You know, for zero yards, running on second down for two yards. Now we're like two. We're talking about third and eight and third and nine. That's what has to change more than anything. And but if if is that lack of trust into it? I, I watch. We're watching games now. We're always watching the, these other games, and we see these other quarterbacks get a chance to let it rip on whatever down it is. We get so conservative, you know, early in games. Then we get down. Now what? We're gonna all of a sudden we're gonna try to make something happen as an offense throwing the ball down the field. The slow start stuff, Travis, drives me nuts. Because honestly, the first ten plays are probably scripted, and they should be they should work out. But then when you get behind the chains, like we talked about, then everything changes, and that's been a problem for us. And then when you can't trust your fifth overall pick to make up a play on third and eight, third and nine, third and ten. No, that's a problem. It's a huge problem. It, last year, that was kind of the story of the end of the season too. And we talk about you know, these two kind of defining type of games early here in Tua's career, early in the Brian Flores era, as the Buffalo game last year, the Titans game this year, going about as poorly as they possibly could as far as how the Dolphins' perspective comes into it. And I, I last year the, the, the drop passes were a big deal in that Buffalo game. That wasn't the case today. It was just inaccurate throws and one thing or another and, and mistakes here and there. And just to kind of go back to the idea of trusting the quarterback, like it kind of reminds me of there was a 2018 game against the Colts. Miami got up by a couple of scores, and – 
Adam Gage just went run, run, pass to Tannehill, run, run, pass, and they just took the air out of the ball, and the Colts wind up getting their scores, and you kind of felt like that was the last moment there for him in Miami because they it, they didn't trust him to, to make the plays when they needed to, and that's not indicative of a franchise quarterback that you want to build around. So it, it just keeps coming back to me to if, if this if this is who you're going to build around and who you're going to trust in, when does that start to happen? Yeah, I think it's – yeah, I, I, the word about the mistake, the big mistake, right? And that's 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 the thing that you know you you have to even figure it out. Are you worried about a guy that's going to go down there? Or like for us, looking on the outside, from the outside looking in, are we thinking that you know we're going to two is going to go down there and, and make a big mistake, or is he going to make a big play? What are you thinking, Seth? You think he's going to make a big mistake, right? Well, today I certainly did. Yeah, today I certainly did. And look, here's the reality, guys. There's what you think should be the case, right? What a Number five overall selection quarterback. This is, you know, well, a guy in that position should be doing this or that, and look what Herbert's doing. And then there's what you have, right? And so are you saying, are you going to make calls based on what we think should happen? We're going to make a call, well, this kicker should make it because we paid him all that money. Well, at at 15 games in the season. No, we we do that because we've seen it over the years that a kicker made those kicks. Right, but this year he hasn't. This year he just flat out hasn't been as consistent. Right, So then you have to think about what you have this year. This is my whole argument against the analytics, is that I don't care what happened two years ago. You know, At some point, you got to build up equity or you don't. I don't think Tua's built up enough equity for them to just let him go ham. And then when you watch a game where he can't take the, the snap from center. But rookie quarterbacks haven't built up much equity either, but they let them go ham. This is the second-year guy we're talking about, right? I, I don't understand the Our question. Guy. But, you know, enough, build up enough equity. Who's built up enough equity? You build Some of these young equity. guys, week one, they're letting them go ham. These young guys, you got to coach the player that you have. And so, first of all, I don't think that this coaching staff is a let anybody go ham kind of coaching staff. That's gotcha. number one. I just don't think that that's their style. But number two, do you think that Tua's built up enough equity? I don't care what anybody else is doing. I'm not talking about anybody else. I'm talking about Tua. Tua hasn't shown me enough of anything yet. Well, there you go. So if you were the offensive coordinator, what would you be calling? I'd be calling call some pass plays on third and ten is what I'd be calling. <laughs> okay. Well, saw, on that play, you would have wanted points. I know you would have wanted points, Please. I, I think there – Unless you were calling to play The yourself. difference in, in agreement here is that I, I think what Juice is saying – I don't want to speak for you, Juice, but what I'm saying is that I go into plays or into games or situations with the expectation to execute. And if we don't, then we'll deal with a fallout. But I just – I don't like playing the game asking what can go wrong. But they didn't. They didn't. They came out throwing the ball. But, but in, they in that situation, they took the ball out of his right, hand. Right, because you said you don't want to go into games asking what could go wrong. But then they came out throwing the ball, and then you saw what was going wrong. I just think when you're so down you don't by adjust? 14 points and you decide you're going to start really handcuffing the offense, you put yourself at a, almost a negative margin for error. But when did that happen? What went wrong with his missing his guys? That's yes, what was going yes, what was wrong. that's my whole guys. point, guys. That's my whole point is they were calling passing plays. You're upset about one play that led to points. By the way, it was the only play the entire game that led to points I for the Miami Dolphins. I just hate field goals, Seth. You know I hate field goals. Well, listen, be glad that you got one today. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and, and then you mentioned kind of throwing the ball vertically. It, it did seem like some of those intermediate throws to Devontae and Mike, it looked like they were there but just couldn't quite hit them. So we talk about the quarterback play. We talk about the offense. I think the, the general idea is it has to get better and it has to get better quickly. Where was Jalen Waddell in this game? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the rush defense. Plenty more to come here on the fifth quarter postgame show. Get your new Mazda 
<clears throat> excuse me, with Gunther Plus at Gunther Mazda or online at GuntherMazda.com. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score from Nashville, Titans 34, Dolphins 3. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network, brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Dade County Federal Credit Union, the official credit union of the Miami Dolphins, is now offering the perfect checking account with a Miami Dolphins branded debit card. This account offers rewards for Dolphins. Become a member today by visiting finscu.com for details. Certain restrictions apply. Federally insured by NCUA. And we're going to go ahead and do this segment here. The Lexus Drive of the Game is brought to you by your South Florida Lexus dealers who encourage you to experience amazing. It's a nine-play, 54-yard drive, Seth. Four minutes, 28 seconds, and a field goal. That's for you, my friend. Well, listen, <laughs> the field goal was for all of us because it's the only points they scored all game. i got to have some fun with uh, it. You know, you're, you guys are sitting here indicating as if I'm excited about field goals. <laughs> no, but I'm excited about being god-awful in the first quarter. And then you start the second quarter off with points and you close the gap to a one-score game. I like that. It was a good situation, especially after the situation they had just come off of where ball slips through to his hands on that pass. All of a sudden, a 7-0 deficit with the Titans at the plus 14-yard line. I mean, the defense bowed up right there, Seth, and got that stop and, and gave the Dolphins a chance to at least try to get back in the game with our field goal drive of the game. That's exactly our field goal drive of the game. I love <laughs> it. Okay, and, you know, here's something else. And, by the way, I have no problem with the fact that they were throwing the ball on first down. But on this drive, first and 10 from the 25, Duke Johnson yeah. for 14 yards. First and 10 from the 39, Duke Johnson for 11 yards. Boy, this is working out pretty well, guys. <laughs> first and 10 from the 50. Okay, Lindsey gets a one-yard gain. And the next time they have a first and 10 down to the Tennessee 27, and Tua throws the ball short left to Waddle, incomplete. Okay? So running the ball wasn't terrible on that drive for him. And I wish they had run the ball a little bit more and maybe scored a few more points. That seemed to be the only success either offense was having early on in this game. Tannehill was a little bit off. We talked about Jerome Baker getting in the passing lane on one of those little dig routes off play action they throw. Xavier Howard had a pass breakup. It was going early on like you expected it to. That was the defense. The offense in our Lexus drive of the game is brought to you by our by your South Florida Lexus dealers who encourage you to see, hear, feel, and experience amazing juice. You missed about one minute, but you missed the drive of the game because, well... Didn't have one to really talk about. So sure. we're on the other side of that now, and I wanted to pick it right back up here with something we left off on in the previous segment and the offense. Did you want to jump in real quick? Well, no. I was just You mentioned Ryan Tannehill. Okay. 13 for 18, 120 yards, two touchdowns, and 127.1 rating. 13 for 18 for 120 yards doesn't get anybody excited. That looks to me like a stat line that Tua had during the seven-game winning streak. That's the type of football when the Dolphins win that the Dolphins are playing. Tennessee didn't do a whole lot different than what Miami typically does when they're successful or what they try to do. They really don't. So, you know, it's one of these things where we're just complaining about the offense today. Tua just didn't play well, guys. I mean, that's the bottom line. He just didn't play well. So, you know, did they not have faith in Ryan Tannehill today? Or did they call <laughs> the game based on the conditions? This, this the is how they, they always call it. Well, sure. They always call it for But him. this is how the Dolphins always call it, Juice. You can't call it like that when you not when you can't run the ball like that. But they threw it 38 times. It wasn't like they didn't try to throw the ball. They threw it. Th excuse me. They threw it 39 times. And actually – they attempted two others that didn't count. They had the penalty, I guess, and it looks like they didn't count the Jacoby pass, right. which is interesting to me. And they didn't count. Tua had his second throw of the game was a 14-yard gain on the screen pass that came back because it was an illegal man downfield. 
if you didn't know, Austin Jackson took a playoff. Solomon Kinley came in and found <laughs> yeah. out what happened Come there. Back. It's a good thing that we did. But, you know, so they threw the ball 39 <laughs> times. I don't want them to have to throw the ball 39 times. You're saying, well, when you're down 14 points, when you're down 20 points. They did. They threw the ball, threw the ball, threw the ball. They just didn't throw it well. So, to, But to that point, what I was going to ask Juice was, and you mentioned, you know, Tua didn't play well, and I agree with that. I think we all agree with he that. Didn't. It wasn't a good game for him. But when this offense juice goes into these crevices that are just like insurmountable, where you feel like we can only score, we got to kick a field goal here because we can only score a field goal at this point of the game. It it just seems like there's these mistakes, the penalties, the sacks allowed, the drops, the misfires, the misreads by that. Whatever, like everyone is taking turns making mistakes on that side of the football. So. I guess my question is, in a game on a day where Jalen Waddle gets erased for the first time, really over the course of the second half of the season, for the first time, what is this offense like? What is, what can you hang your hat on with this offense, and how do you get it to the point to where, in a game like this, they can find a way to execute and and have that Ryan Tannehill type of game? We gotta be able to run the ball, like Seth wants us to do. No, we no, we do have to run the ball. We do have to find a way to, to run the ball to keep you know keep guys off balance and put us in manageable down. Our our down and distance situation was so bad today for these it's terrible. Guys. It was really bad, and it started off with their inability to run the ball early in downs. Or we're running these. I, I hate these these tight end diagonals for minus one yard, zero yards, or one yard, where guys are not even buying it down the field. These DBs are coming up, and a tight end catches the ball and he's getting hit immediately. That's what we've done that a lot. That's that's one of our our mos right there, running that type of play right there. So for us. When we can't run the ball effectively, we've got to be able to throw it effectively, right? So when we can't do either one, we get stumped 34 to 3. And we if we can't run it, then we gotta count our number of fifth overall pick to be the guy that picks it up for us. So so I agree with that part. Tua needs to be better, okay? Cause so cause I think that my whole point here is getting just twisted and turned and out of whack and I don't care who disagrees with me, but I don't want to be misrepresented. And so what I'm saying to you is <laughs> Tua needs to play better. That's number one. He was bad today. Throwing balls in the dirt, throwing the ball over guys' heads, 15 yards over their heads, throwing the ball directly to Tennessee receivers, not throwing the ball but trying to throw the ball empty-handed. He was bad today, was not good enough. That's problematic. So I'm, I agree with you there. I do challenge what you're saying about weren't able to run the ball well enough in the first quarter. Going back to your first down, I just went and sat there and counted it. <laughs> they had seven first down opportunities, and they threw it on four of them. All right? One of them, they had to come back because of the penalty. And they what, ran what type of th- passes were they, Big Seth? Well, the first one was a 20-yard right. pass down the first field. First one. First Great play. play to Parker. What else we the got? The second one was a screen play that worked very well then if what? you execute properly. So there are two passes. Now what else we got? And then, then they didn't throw the ball well, Juice. So I, I don't understand what so we're you, arguing. But you here. said we, we ran it, those other downs, correct? And they had and a 16 yard run by Duke. Did we run on second down, correct, or no? What, what series are you talking about? To put them all together, all your first Here's downs? my point to you guys, because all of this started with you guys being unhappy that they came away with a field goal at the start of the second quarter. Not what, and what that's I'm not, telling That's not what we're unhappy about. You were unhappy that they didn't throw the ball that's on third and ten. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I'm telling you, throwing the ball didn't work in the first quarter. That's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you. But it worked you, on the first two plays you just talked about, though. But it, and then they went to hell. Okay. Okay? Right. This is how – this is their first four drives. Punt, 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 fumble. So if you start off on the road, playoff-type football, against a physical team that runs the air out of the ball, 
in inclement conditions and you're struggling to get anything going offensively and you start with punt, 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 fumble and you have a chance to get points on the board, you take those points and you do something safe and you make you sure had a you chance come away to get those with points. points to play before I don't that. know. You, I don't know if they would. Juice, did you watch that? <laughs> yeah, I did. That ball was slipping out of everybody's hands or at least one guy's hands. Well, it wasn't slipping out of their team's hands. But you're not coaching their team. Uh, that's what I'm saying. You're what not you coaching about? their team. So what do you – I'm, I'm confused at what you're trying to say. I'm trying to say get every- points. Okay. I, okay. What about what about this counter argument that <laughs> if you're saying get points, but in a day where the offense is sluggish and you have a chance in scoring range to possibly put a touchdown on the board, don't you kind of have to give yourself an opportunity to make up those four points? Because I mean, to go 10-7 at that point would have been very beneficial, much more than 10-3 would be. So to even take yourself out of a position, because when you decide to run the ball in third and 10, you're not you're, you're accepting a field goal, right? Uh, do we agree with that? That's the outcome you're accepting? Sure, sure. We'll go with that. Sure. <laughs> yes. I'll ride with that. So when you're down 10 points in a game where the offense has gone punt, 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 fumble, doesn't it make sense that we should take advantage of every single opportunity. I almost feel like it's in some way saying if you get the ball with 20 seconds to go at the end of the half and it's a close game but you don't want to pay, make a risk that you just sit on the football. I hate sitting on drives and taking away opportunities. But that's not what this was. This was the first drive of the second quarter, so I don't think you can compare it to that. I don't think that's what this was. This was an opportunity to get on the board on the road against a tough team and to say we're in this game fellas as bad as we played in that first quarter we can't even hold on to the damn football but it's 10 it's 10 3 we're in it and, and there's no situation that i would let my team get off the field without points there i guess i think the argument's been ran its course juice but i i just i still don't agree i, I, I think we just come down differently on this that's one. all right that's i guess that's what makes guy gets paid millions of dollars to coach this football team who just won seven in a row agreed so you know, <laughs> i feel okay about it i don't think he made the decision well i mean it, i don't think there's a decision that happens out there that doesn't go through him first that's my opinion that's that sounds that sounds accurate to me all right let's go ahead and take a quick break here i <laughs> I, I wanted to ask about waddle not getting going in this game but we'll come back and talk that's about next that segment. Here in a second that's next segment <laughs> We can all agree on that. (laughs) Get your new Mazda with Gunther Plus at Gunther Mazda or online at GuntherMazda.com. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score from Nashville, 34-3. The Dolphins lose. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. Give your game day menu the perfect kick of spice with Old El Paso. Try recipes the whole team will love like slow cooker, cheesy chicken, enchilada bean dip, air fryer beef taquitos, or carnitas mini taco bowls. Visit OldElPaso.com for these recipes and more game day favorites. Old El Paso Taco Together. The Cougs just played a bowl game in El Paso. I know it's not the same. Is it? Is that? Is that where Old El Paso is located in El Paso, Texas? They played a bowl game there and got beat by Central Michigan. So it's been a fun weekend for me. But let's go back to this game here. The Dolphins lose thirty-four to three in Nashville. And a big part of this, guys, I think we kind of all agree, was the run defense did not hold up their end of the bargain. In fact, we heard Brian Flores mention in his post-game press conference that they didn't have enough chances to put pressure on Tannehill. Which I think there was maybe one play in the game where I felt like they effectively against his will, moved him off the spot. Otherwise, he was booting to the right side. He was throwing screens right into the blitz, which is where you want to go with it. And the reason they couldn't do that was because the Titans were ahead of the schedule. They had success in the ground game. Deontay Foreman, 14 for 70, a touchdown at the halftime break. He then has that 30-yard 
wildcat play to really ice it mid-fourth quarter. They're up 14. They go back into scoring range. They end the game juice 40 for 190, two touchdowns on the ground. And then, of course, they built the passing game off of what they were able to do in the rushing game because Tannehill, just like Seth mentioned, 13 for 18, a buck 20, and two touchdowns. That was before their final drive. I don't think he threw it again, though. But the point. Is the rushing defense forty for one ninety juice? Yeah, I mean some of that, a lot of that came at the end. But um, what they did effectively with that run game against us was they made everything manageable. You know, second and five, second and four, you know, third and two, and they gave Tannehill all kinds of opportunities either get on the on the on the naked boot by himself or you know the little rollout to the tight ends or whatever, put him in very easy situations. They made the the run game made this a lot easier on Tannehill than anything else did. And their ability to get down there and not have very many tackles for we're so used to tackles for losses and sacks and things like that that are game changers for us as a, as an all as a team you know to put teams in those and, and Coach Flo even alluded to it we couldn't even use our blitzes as much because we couldn't get them in bad down and distance situations they were always in a in a distance or down and distance where they could run the football still and that made that made it tough on us and then at times with those situations too Travis our run fits weren't very good. We talked about it a lot. Seemed like somebody, and if you you got eight guys on the line of scrimmage, if somebody is not in the right fit, it's only a little crease, and you're gonna have, and you got Javon Holland coming up having to make a play. You got Brandon Jones having to come up and make a play. So for us, you know, our run defense wasn't what it, it needed to be, but more importantly, not putting them in bad down and distance what made their run game, you know, was, was their run game was so effective, but that made it difficult on our defense because we couldn't get them in bad situations. You mentioned Javon Holland. I, I thought he had a very uncharacteristic game as well with a bad angle and a long touchdown run there. I think Duke Riley was in the game for Landon Roberts, and he, he was off that side where Roberts usually, like he made that play early in the game to get that run stuff to help Miami get off the field early in the game. But just some, some uncharacteristic plays, and one of those things I thought was uncharacteristic, Seth, was we mentioned this was how many times they were able to kind of stack things up at the line and you have, you know, Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, the, the names just keep coming and it looks like it's plugged up and the back, you know, whether it's Foreman or Hilliard or whoever they trotted out there in this game would just kind of plow into the line and then all of a sudden fall through that tackle for three or four yards. And yeah. that was the difference between second and nine and second and six so often in this game. I thought that was a huge difference in the game. Uh, agreed. Uh, you and Juice just hit the nail on the head. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I know a little bit different than what we saw in the last segment here. <laughs> but, but um, you know, first down, they're picking up four to six yards yeah. at a clip. And and that that's a game changer all day long. And let's not forget, going back to what we just talked about, when your offense puts no pressure on their offense, they don't have to go away from that. They can continue to just just ride, 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 ride their running backs and their running game, and Ryan Tannehill only has to throw the ball 18 times. Yeah. You know, and so uh, you talk about being the most sacked quarterback in the league. Well, he's going to have to drop back more than 18 times if you're going to get him yeah. down on the ground. And, th and there's got to be a little bit more pressure, not just actual pressure from the, the Dolphins' front seven or whoever they're going to send pressure from, but there's got to be a little bit more pressure on those plays, on those series. Those series need to mean more to those guys, but they didn't need to. And, and so there was a, a play after the turnover there where we turn over the ball, I think, on our own 13-yard line or what have you, and they elect to kick the field goal, and there was some discussion about that. And I think you know we all ultimately decided on the fact that I think Vrabel realized I don't think these guys are going to move the ball on us. Right. Let's just let's just collect points wherever we can. Right. 
We'll take the three here when they give it to us. We'll take the seven. We'll hand the ball off. N- nobody needs to do anything. Nobody needs to be Superman today. Yeah, it's probably a big surprise to you that I, I disagree with the decision to kick that field goal there. <laughs> Even <laughs> now, yeah, I, you know, I'd, we've been over this. We don't got to do it again. But that's Thank you. that's how I feel. But you know, just to kind of to that point, you just kind of set you up here was you know, I look at the Dolphins' defense as you have a lot of options against limited options of the opposing offense, and that's what you get in those third and longs. But because they were able to execute, it kept open the Tannehill boot, right? The Tannehill mm-hmm. sweeps, the, can- the Tannehill runs, the play-action game, the little easy touchdown passes where guys are all alone in the corner of the end zone for Tann- Tannehill to just kind of flick that thing out there. So I thought what the Titans did was they kept their entire menu of plays open against this Dolphins defense. Yeah, menu. yeah, they really did, man. They, and they, What they've done and what they've done well and it was really amazing to see Foreman do it well because Derrick Henry's a guy that made it a lot easier on because Derrick Henry was not going to get hit in the backfield. He wasn't going to have tackle for the loss. They're always going to be ahead of the chains, and that was, that's key. And when you get a team like that that can, that can run the ball effectively, Ryan's a super smart quarterback. You know, he's going to make the right decision. We come with our little blitzes from the back. He's able to get the ball out to a tight end, real easy throws. You know, he's not – you know, we had – I'm looking. I didn't realize we had six tackles for losses in this game against them when they only had two against us, you know. But even if we didn't get a tackle for a loss, we got zero yards, one yard, two yards. But for them, they were getting those yards you're talking about, three, four, or five yards on first and second down, and then it made it real easy. They, your whole playbook's still wide open in those situations. Yeah, I just, I just think, though, you know, I hear what you're saying about the running game, but I think that – if Tua had been more accurate today and they had completed some of those passes that were either four first downs or got you into second and short, that Duke Johnson could have had a big day today. Should have had a big day. He was day. averaging seven yards a carry. They just had to go away from him, to your point. They had to go away from him. Well, you know, you get out there and, and you have well, – we think about it. You, you get out there in a bad weather game. You gotta be able to. You gotta run the ball. And we only had sixteen attempts. You gotta be able to run the ball, and that, and you know, most of that happened because we couldn't. We were down so much in the second half, we couldn't go back to the run game as much. But you have to be able to run the ball in, in bad weather like this. Have we totally both just flipped everybody's? Well, no, 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 no. I'm not saying. But we couldn't run the ball, so that's when you got when you but can't could? run the ball. Well, he, yeah, he had a couple chunk plays. Yeah, seven you know. yards of carry, man. Yeah, a couple chunk plays. Yeah. Okay. It, two runs. Two two runs that were chunky, right? Right? No? I thought he ran the ball well. <laughs> always, and I think he, he would have had well. a big day if Tua had been more accurate today. Mm. So the, the pass game is the run game. Like they're, they're just saying, we, our, if our pass game would have been better, it would have been it set up our run game better? I think that if the pass game had been better or they had not fallen behind mm. and given the Titans a short field to next thing you know they're down two scores, then they could have run the ball Yeah, if more. our pass game was better, we don't fall behind like that. Right. Right? Right. So then you then we then we can go into our run game. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying don't fall <laughs> behind and you can run the ball more. That's what I'm saying. I, I mean, and you talk about those kind of early completions they did get, like the first drive, for instance. It helped them get to a bit of a tempo that they that I thought kind of generated some success for the offense. But it's like you know Seth mentions you you can't execute this style of offense with the number of mistakes they've made really for the last three weeks now. I mean. You get 31 points against the Jets, but I just think that if you want to play this style of offense, Juice, it's got to be perfect at yeah, all times. Yeah, and I think one thing that we haven't really even talked about was there there were some offensive mistakes other than the you know the the, miss, the fumble and things like that, but miscommunication. We're we're in week 17. You know, we saw a couple passes where Devontae stopped and Tua threw it long. Devontae went inside, Tua threw it outside. I mean, how is that even possible at this stage of the of the, of the season? 
You know, that's preseason type stuff right there. I know we put in new plays. You put in new plays every single week, but a lot of the concepts are all going to be the same. So to be on the wrong page on some of those was, was mind-boggling to me for a team that, you know, that has had guys. Devontae's been in the lineup since, what, the fifth game of our win streak, fourth game of our win streak, when he had to get back yep. out there yep. because I'm like, everybody's having too much fun. So that, that connection should have <laughs> been there. So the, the mistakes that we had today – those are mental mistakes right there. That those are the ones you can't you can't afford to have, you know, in a game like that. So, you know, you get situations out there where you got guys that are not on the right page. And I think Coach Flo even talked about it a little bit. You know, not only was there miscommunication, but there's also bad execution. You're gonna get beat down like that. You yeah, know? yeah, that's what's gonna happen. I, I think it what it does is it kinda of creates a lot of questions heading into the offseason. I know there's one more game left, but the, it did feel like a bit of finality to this game today. So I wanna to talk about next where do we go from here? That and the out of town scoreboard coming up right after this. But get your new Mazda with Gunther Plus at Gunther Mazda or online at guntherMazda.com. For car buying done your way, you gotta to get to Gunther. Again, the final score from Nashville, thirty-four to three. You're listening to the fifth quarter post game show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the palm beaches check out south florida's ultimate entertainment destination with world-class shows at hard rock live award-winning dining at suppresso and council oak and much much more only at seminole hard rock hollywood we have some week 17 scores for you guys around the national football league let's go ahead and cue up the music and talk about what's going on around the nfl the dolphins of course fall 34 to 3 in nashville a devastating loss for the dolphins in week number 17 the bills win 29 to 15 over the falcons at home in a snowy buffalo the bears take it 29 to 3 over the giants the giants are reeling right now with another loss onto their record the Bengals get a big win in kansas city 34 to 31 jamar chase and joe burrow big days out there the raiders a big victory over the colts 23 to 20 both teams now at 9 and 7 the patriots have a 50 burger over the jacksonville jaguars 50 to 10 in that game they clinch a playoff spot as well the buccaneers have a comeback victory over the jets what a crazy scene there with antonio brown quitting mid-game and he said or Bruce Arians now says he will no longer be a Buccaneer the Buccaneers win that game 28-24 to improve to 12-4 and the Eagles win 20-16 they get to 9-7 and after a 2-5 and start and the Rams take down the Ravens 20-19 a late score there from Matt Stafford makes them victorious current games right now not great news for the Dolphins the Chargers are up 17-3 over the Drew Locke led Denver Broncos the Texans however helping the draft pick next year they're up 7-3 over the 40 Niners, the Cardinals on top of the Cowboys 10 to 7, the Panthers on top of the Saints at halftime 10 to 9, and the Seahawks rolling up the fighting Dan Campbells, the Detroit Lions 31 to 7 there in the Pacific Northwest. So guys, I want to come back here and kind of talk more about what's ahead and what to expect going forward because you know, I told you the scores right there are not really going the Dolphins way. It sounds more and more like week 18 will be playing out the string next week at Hard Rock Stadium which always hurts to hear but that's that's where you find yourself after a seven game losing streak within the season so juice i have three questions here we don't have much time so we can take this in the next segment too but what has this season meant what have we learned and what do we need next year to get us over the hump with two years in a row just coming up short it's a lot of questions i know yeah man it's a lot man i tell you we we saw a lot from this team early that wasn't very good then we saw some resolve and you know and sticking together some togetherness you know, where they didn't quit on each other, they didn't quit on coach and coaching staff. Um, but then again, you know, we found a team that also can't finish. You know, we didn't finish today, and that's one thing you have to figure out. There's some parts always missing on a football team. No matter how good the team is, always some missing parts. And so we just got to figure out 
what some of those missing parts are that we need. Uh, one year, another year with this O line, they're going to be better. You know, everybody wants to say O line, O line, O line. Go get one in free. You're not going to find a good O lineman in free agency. Nobody lets go, good O lineman go. So you have to develop. You have to develop that. That. So I think that's key right there. I think we've also found a couple of running backs in Duke Johnson and, and, and Philip Lindsay that could be possible a one-two punch with Miles Gaskin as the third guy. I like that. I like that situation that we we saw there. Now we're going we're going to need some guys on the outside still to get some work done. Uh, so what do we? I mean, I, I, I know you asked me three questions. I try to kind of answer <laughs> them all at once, and I, I just know that right now it's very disappointing to think about what has happened. But we did see a team that did come together midway through the season and, and push for you know another playoff run. But we're so used to that. We got to get over that hump. We got to figure out a way to get over the hump of just trying to push for the playoffs, count on other people. We had opportunity to control our own destiny. You know, we we kind of we let it go today. You talk about the scores now, not looking as good as it did last week. Last Sunday was great. Everything fell our way. Monday was great. Fun time. Everything is a different week, man. And when you have an opportunity to control your own destiny, you, a team's pretty young team that we are. They got to go out there and handle that business. You got any thoughts to that, Seth? You want to? Do you want to? The the questions were: What has this season meant? What have you learned? What do we need next year? Oh boy, what has this season meant? No one's going to like my take on this. I, look, the seven losses in a row were god-awful. I mean, it just – you know, I was in line today at Publix uh, on my way heading over here, and a guy looked at me and he says, isn't it great to be able to wear all that stuff and not be embarrassed oh, to do so? No. And, and you know, when he said it, I was like, you know, look, I'll wear it any day of the yeah. week. I don't care what the record is. But, yeah, it feels good. It feels good to be in the mix. And you want to be in the mix – in December and or January. Mm -hmm. Team's not good enough yet. They're just not, guys. You don't lose seven in a row if you're good enough. I can't explain why they lost seven in a row. There's so many different reasons. But what has this season meant? It meant that, you know, the team is getting better. I believe they are improving. People don't want to hear that. But I believe they are improving. I still hope that this team finishes above 500, again, two years in a row, mm -hmm. was just – that hasn't happened around here over the last however many coaches you want to go back you'd get one flash of oh wow this is the year we found the right coach we found the right system we found and then six and ten six and ten six and ten six and ten i don't think that's the direction that this team is trending that said they're just not good enough yet but i love the young players that they added this year when you draft waddle when you draft phillips when you draft holland i mean if that doesn't get you excited for for what's to come i don't know what will you know, so so that's what it's meant to me. Um, what do they need? I think they need more. I, I think they need more players as much as everyone thought that the wide receiver position was going to be a strength. I think mm -hmm. if Tua is going to be the quarterback on this football team, that is going to be the big question this offseason. We understand why. But if Tua is going to be the quarterback, he needs more weapons to throw to because right now he's got a dynamic player in uh, in Jalen Waddle. He's got a really talented guy who's broken in a bunch of pieces in Devontae Parker, and he's mm -hmm. given you everything he can give you at this point. Been very impressed with him the second half of the season. But I don't know how many more football games you're going to get out of Devontae Parker. I love Mike Kosicki. Don't know that they use him enough. But I don't know what you have after that. Big decision coming there, too, this offseason. Yeah, so, you know, and that's not a decision that I'm going to be making. But I don't know what they have other than that, Juice. Yeah. And certainly in that wideout room, I don't know what they have there. So I'd like to see more weapons for Tua, and they got to keep him off the dirt. You know, they got to protect the guy, whether it's with free agency, more young players are developing the guys they have. They have to keep him upright. Yeah, I think every every 
box that you checked is is what a lot of fans would probably say as far as the offense goes. And I'll tell you guys mine on the other side of this break here. Also, I'll explain the one season two early theory that I've had for some time now. Get your new Mazda with Gunther Plus at Gunther Mazda or online at GuntherMazda.com. For car buying done your way, you got to get to Gunther. Again, the final score from Nashville, 34-3. The Titans win. You're listening to the fifth quarter postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. From the electricity in the stadium to the highlight reel plays, there's nothing quite like Dolphins football, and this season you can be there live to cheer them on. As the official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster has you covered with the largest selection of seats for any budget. Get off the couch and into the stands. Grab your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com Dolphins. We'll go ahead and finish up here in just one second, but first let's go ahead and pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Radio Network. WQAM Miami, WPOWHD2 Miami, WKIS, WKIS HD1, and WKIS HD2 Boca Raton, home of the Miami Dolphins, powered by Anajar and Mabine Accident Attorneys. So you guys gave your answers on the previous segment to my three questions. I'm going to skip ahead to the last question here. We're short on time. My three things are, and Seth, you, you checked all the boxes in terms of how to get there, I think, but develop an offensive identity. Decide who you want to be and be it. That's my number one thing. Number two, defense. Continue to do what you do, but supplement it. Don't rest on your laurels. If you can get someone to make you better at a spot where you're already good, like Javon Holland last year, do it. Don't don't wait around. And then also number three is a fast start, fellas. That's been the difference between playoffs and not last couple of years. Start faster, get off to a good record, and then get that November-December momentum rolling where this team gets better every single year under this head coach and have a winning record going into that. And then we can be talking about division championships and seeding and all that fun stuff and not be trying to eke our way. And so those are my three things. And then I want to put this to you guys real quick. I have this theory that every time a team has expectations, like big expectations, I think Dolphins fans all felt like this was kind of a big year for this Dolphins team. It seems like always one year too early. Remember the, the Cleveland Browns a couple of years ago? They were Super Bowl predictions left and right for that team. They fell to like 6-10 and 10 that year. And then the following year, last season, they wind up going like 11-5 and five and they win a division and get into the playoffs and all that fun stuff. So that's my theory that sometimes all these expectations, all these new pieces, all the, the new additions you make, Ju, sometimes it takes a year for it to come together. Yeah, I hope you're right, bro. You know what I mean? It's just... Yeah, I hope you're right, bro. There Man, sometimes it's uh, <laughs> I didn't have control of that, bro. <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's just, it's just, it, I, I, I'm just such a, I'm just a fan, just a disappointed fan right now, bro. It's even hard to articulate it sometimes, man. You know, because you know we're all expecting or hoping to get, you know, over that, over the hump, and you know, it seems like we get to this this point more often than not. And we, you know, we've had some really, really bad years, but we've gotten to this point the last couple of years, and we've uh, fallen short. You know, so I don't know. All the expectations, they're probably are they down again now? I, I mean. Or they expecting us? How they expect us to be next year? Yeah. Considering you know we went ten and six last year, hopefully get to you know what nine and eight this year. We'll see. Yeah, that's I think the way you just described. That's how most of Dolphins Nation's feeling right now. Drive time this week, regular week, and then we have the offseason. I'll talk more about that next week and on the podcast this week on the Drive Time Podcast on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. Seth, real quick, who's coming up in the tank this week? Well, uh, the entire year. So we're going to do a look back, and Juice and I are going to pick our top 10 moments in the fish tank uh, from 2021. Perfect. Sounds good. Look forward to that, and a happy new year to you guys. And We have one more game left, but I think, again, this the show kind of feels like some finality to this one, so happy new, new year to you guys. Happy holidays. It's been fun doing this, 
and we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Thanks to our executive producer and booth producer, Alejandro Solana. Our studio producers, Robert Griepert and Matthew Wilson. Our radio booth engineer was Stephen J. Gray. For O.J. McDuffie and Seth Levitt, I am Travis Winkfield. The final score of today's game, Titans 34, Dolphins 3. Dolphins football is going to be back on the air next Sunday with the regular season finale at Hard Rock Stadium, Dolphins versus Patriots at 1 p.m. This has been the Miami Dolphins postgame show on the Miami Dolphins radio network brought to you by the Palm Beaches. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.